Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncommon Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Antasia Maddox, and thank you so much for joining. Um, for episode four of season two, um, I'm so happy to have you here. So let's just get straight into it. So for the check-in this week, um, I'm doing well. Like, things are good. I feel good overall. Um, like I mentioned last week, it's continuing. The weather has cooled down quite a bit, at least for the last couple of days. It went back up for a minute, but now it's cool again. So I'm super happy about that. Even with the rain, I love rain, so it doesn't bother me at all. Um, so that's been great. Um, I've just been, like I said, working so many more hours than usual. So, but still very excited about that. Um, I also mentioned and I posted that I released the calendars and the journals. The only thing is one small thing um, is the larger calendar still isn't available yet. They still have to fix some things, whatever, but it should be honestly done even probably by the time you guys see this. So the large can calendar should be available. And I've been posting about that and I will continue to do so because I'm super excited about those products. And I don't know if I was clear enough, but the journals come in four different colors like themselves. So like one um, says you are majestic. Another one that's like black matte looking says healing inside. Um, another one is just blue and it's plain. Then there's another one that says journal and has like beautiful mountains in the background and all of those things. So yeah. And like I said, the calendars come in two different sizes, one eight and a half by 11. And then the other one is smaller and it is five and a half by six, I believe it is, or five and a half or four and a half. I should probably write those down so I can get them accurate. But if you look on um, Amazon, they'll definitely be there. And you know, guys, I also found out, and I, I don't know that, I don't recall setting this up, but if it's ever of interest to you guys, or maybe you want to share with someone else, you can also listen to the podcast on Audible. I had no idea um, until I was looking on Amazon because you know, obviously they're connected. So Amazon showed that you can listen to Uncommon Thoughts on Audible and I had no idea. So that's really cool. And I'll probably try to figure out some way to advertise doing that as I continue to grow and learn and do all the things. So yeah, that was really cool for me to notice. But um, yeah, so if you want more information about that stuff or if you'd like to purchase some of these items as the holiday season is coming up, maybe you want to get you a jumpstart on the new year, which is right around the corner. It's literally almost October. <laughs> Like I believe next week starts October. It's crazy. So um, as everything is winding down to 2021, maybe you want to get a head start on 2022. Um, I also have a couple of other products that I'm working on, super exciting, that I'll be posting here soon. So I will definitely keep you guys up to date on that. And um, as well as some other things that I have going. So yeah, good things are happening here. I'm, I'm super happy, very excited. Um, also, so I don't know if I ever shared with you guys before. I, I know that I've shared I have a lot of plants, literally over like over 60 plants um, in my apartment. And um, so I, I have a very like regular schedule of like um, all of my maintenance, wiping the leaves down, cleaning them, making sure they're watered, checking for pests if there are any, um, doing all of the maintenance type things. And this past week, when I did my um, plant maintenance, I found so many of them like needed to be repotted because they've grown so much. And I was so proud. And it just made me feel like good to know that I'm doing something that they are like, and they're thriving, right? I'm taking very good care of them. They're growing and, and changing so much. And it just made me feel really good. So I don't know if anybody else out there is like a plant parent. I, I'm actually in a couple of groups on 
Facebook of people who are like obsessed with plants. I follow a ton of people. Um, I think I've shared on Matt Fox Designs that I have plants throughout my apartment. It's definitely a thing. I've actually even thought about maybe doing an episode just dedicated to talking about plants and like things I take care of, my favorite ones, how I maintain them, all that kind of stuff. But We'll see if I do that at some point. I was thinking maybe it could be like a little tutorial type thing, or maybe I'll do that as a separate episode outside of the podcast. But again, thoughts I've been having. If you guys have thoughts about that, or you would be really interested in seeing it, let me know, because I I think that's something I would like to do. I love my plants. Love, love, love them. And they are clearly loving being here because they're growing out of pots and doing all kinds of things. So it was just really cool to see. So that also happened this week. And um, yeah, I've just been feeling really um, centered in some ways, you know, like overall, I feel, I feel really good. Like I, I feel like I'm heading in a direction that I feel really positive about. I feel like I'm doing things that are tapping into my creativity, which was a whole reason why I left, um, traditional work in the first place was to focus on design, um, interior design and apparently other types of design that I'm, um, really excited about right now. And um, just tapping into that stuff and still being able to connect with people, which obviously here we are with Uncommon Thoughts. So I'm still able, I'm able to do all of the things that I set out to do in the first place. And I'm happy to see that um, things are growing and progressing and people have already made purchases of like the calendars and the journals. So it's just been, it's just been really good. And I'm, I'm very proud and happy and like, I'm feeling really um, good about the decisions I've been making. I'm really just in a good spot right now. So I'm, I'm happy with it and happy to see things grow. So yeah, that's my check-in for this week and I just feel good. So yes. Yeah. So for the current or off-topic thoughts, um, I was just thinking about, I don't think that people compliment each other enough, right? I was, um, I don't remember where I was. Maybe I was at Target, which always at Target. So I was at Target and um, this woman walked by and she looked beautiful, right? She had this beautiful dress. Her hair was really nice. And I was talking like, oh, you look really beautiful today. Like, I just hope that you know that and feel really great. And she's like, oh my God. And she got like all teary eyed and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't expect that response, but she was like, I don't, people don't often tell me that I look nice or say these kinds of things to me. And I was like, man, I'm, I don't know. Like I, when I see someone and they look nice, I tell them they look nice. If they're wearing a perfume that I think smells nice, I tell them like, oh, that perfume really smells nice, whatever. Or cologne, if it's a, a man or maybe it's a woman who's wearing cologne, which I'm also a fan of, but that's not the topic of this discussion. But um, I don't know. I just think it's a nice thing to do. And I, I hope that people are out there passing out compliments to people and telling them they look nice and telling them they're doing a good job. Like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do, to share these things and to tell people that they're being great. So she just made me think about that, which also made me think about this woman a couple of weeks ago. I was telling my friend, I was at the store and this, literally this older woman, she was probably, I don't know exactly, I didn't ask her age, but she was probably between 60s and 70s. And she was like, your butt looks really good in those pants. First of all, caught me completely off guard. I was like, my, first of all, ma'am, do not just be checking out my butt, but thank you anyway, right? But anyway, it was just really nice, right? And it was it was also funny because we laughed about it. But um, yeah, just like to hear those things externally, not that that's what we should totally rely on, but it's still nice to hear. You know, we get dressed up and we do these things. Of course, we want to look nice and it's a beautiful thing to hear it, even if it's not about physical appearance and it's some other beautiful things that you're doing. Be Share with people, you know, tell them that they look nice or whatever, that they did a good job. Like, I think it's just a nice thing to do in a very genuine way. 
Flula, that was my thing for that. Um, so we can get into our questions this week. So we have two um, that are actually pretty good questions, if I if I if I must say so. And um, they're they're probably going to take a little bit of time. So let's talk about them. So the first question is: I have trust issues. I'm not close with my siblings or my family, and I, that's that's not a new occurrence. So it's it's always been this way. Um, I have issues with relationships. Other than a therapist, what do you think will help with relationships? So I'll, I'll be honest. When I first read this question, I was like, I don't know that I'm necessarily the person to ask like about like, well, maybe I shouldn't say it that way. I, I, so the part that kind of threw me was the um, other than therapy, right? And I guess my my question is is prop is the first f- question that I had when I was processing um, when I wrote this down was um, why wouldn't somebody want to be in therapy, like what what's the reason? Because that I think that would be my question is why not therapy? For somebody to come and say that first, like why not? Um, and I thought about people could not want to be in therapy for, I guess, a number of reasons, maybe time constraints, maybe um they're uncomfortable, could be finances, right? Because therapy is often not free. And I think even when it is free, and this is no knock to people, even when it is free, I think sometimes the quality isn't um quite there in the same way, right? Like you don't get as much time or or whatever. Like, I just don't think it's always the same. And just because you pay for it doesn't mean it's good quality either. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that the quality is always the same for free services, whatever. But um, I was thinking about that. So then I thought like, well, you know, maybe we should talk about the intention, right? Of therapy. So for me and, and the people that I know and I, from what I believe at my core for, um, therapy to be about, and this could be some of my background related stuff too, right? But the intention is to bring things that maybe you aren't very aware of, or some things that you are, for you to get to the core of why these things are happening, so you can deal with them, be able to cope better, move on with your life, live, right? It's not necessarily this thing where like, oh, all these things are going to be perfectly fixed and into this box, but the intention is to bring things to light, give you coping skills, give you ways of handling, giving you ways of dealing and interacting so that you can live um, a more full, healthy, whatever life, right? So if that is the intention of therapy, my thought is you have to find something to replace that action, right? What will get you to challenge your thoughts? What will get you to challenge um, beliefs or bring to light things that maybe you didn't realize, all of that kind of stuff. Now, the reason I believe therapy works so well is because you oftentimes, I believe we need um, a contrasting thought or or we need our thoughts kind of reflected back to us so we can hear it, so we can challenge certain things, so we can have different perspectives and things like that. And I don't necessarily think that happens alone because if if that was the case, then none of us would have these issues, right? So I think you need things to um, highlight where the points of concern are so that you can do something about it moving forward. With that being said, I thought about, okay, so what other things could you do outside of um, talking to another person? And again, I am not advocating that people not seek therapy. I think there are ways around this. And there's so many types, right? There's so many types of therapy, so many specific focuses and things like that. And it, and and I think this is the one, this is not the only thing, but this is one of the things that I feel like is one of the drawbacks of everybody becoming more aware of mental health and all that kind of stuff. That information is coming from people who do this work, who are people who are professionals, 
who work on relationships, who have been trained, who do all of this stuff. So when you have the information being dispersed from people who do this professionally and you put this in the hands of people who don't want to see professionals, I think things get tricky because people don't often understand language. And this is no, um, it's not a negative critique. It's just the reality, right? If this is not what you do on a day-to-day basis, if this is not what you study, if this is not what your um, point of focus is, I think it can be tricky to try to do on your own which is why I think highlighting these things is super important. It's great to get verbiage out there. And so people have understanding. But I think the other important piece is having professionals who do this work. It's kind of like going to the doctor, right? You don't expect your cousin to know about your cancer necessarily, right? Like y'all can talk about it because you have this information. But at the end of the day, you go back to that doctor. I think it's the same kinds of things with this kind of mental health stuff. Anyway, my point is, How do you get that information? So I think one of the things I thought about was reading books. So if you don't want to go talk to these therapists or these professionals, whoever, I think maybe looking into some reading materials that maybe people who um, are struggling with having relationships, like looking at reading material. Okay, so how do I cope with these things? What things should I um, be focused on? How can I recognize healthy relationships? Because what I'm hearing from this is if you don't have closeness with other people, that that often comes from somewhere. You know, it's trauma related. It's whatever kind of occurrences have happened that haven't allowed for those secure and safe attachments. And a lot of times our issues with attachments start from family, right? So if you can acknowledge, okay, this started with family, but what about it? What happened? Um, what caused me to have certain patterns and thoughts? What, what caused some of these things? So maybe reading some books around those things will help highlight some stuff for you. And um, this is where I think a great point of like heart of like journaling out thoughts can be helpful. So you can like write it all out with a, in a very, this is just how I feel. And then come back and be able to read it and process it. Maybe that can serve as the same um, kind of process that happens when you talk out loud to someone, like maybe being able to read it can help you like, oh man, I didn't realize this. And maybe this thing connects with this thing. But again, back to what I was saying, I think it gets tricky when we try to like self-diagnose and do those kinds of things. But again, this could possibly be an option. Um, So yeah, reading books by people who um, do that kind of professional work, people who um, specialize in these things and understand them in a real way, understand relationship dynamics and how those relationship dynamics then turn into how we behave in relationships. Because that's a lot of... um, where this stuff comes from, like focusing on that kind of stuff. Another thing um, I was thinking, which I think often goes hand in hand with therapy or any other kinds of things we do in life, is um, your spiritual connection. If it's believing in God or whatever it is that you do, I think that um, having that connection can also help. Being able to um, sit and listen and talk to God, it could be um, really centering. It can maybe possibly give you answers. It could give you some direction, um, give you some ability to heal and to work through things and maybe even give you some guidance towards who else you could be talking to outside of yourself, even if it's not a therapist, maybe like a friend group, maybe some type of other support type group. I don't know if that would be maybe more comfortable, but um, again, with this, even when it's like talking about God specifically, like if it's like organized religion, I think that can get tricky, right? Because I often I hear that pastors or whoever try to function as, um, a therapist says, well, and I understand historically why that has been beneficial. So this is not a knock to say that they're awful or whatever. I don't, I'm not going to have an opinion on that either, either way. But 
I think it becomes tricky when people who are not professionals, who don't know, who don't know how, who don't really understand it. And I, and I know people have feelings about people going to school and getting this formal education and how it's not that big of a thing and anybody can do it. Experience is just the same. Listen, it's not the same. And I, I hate to say that. And like, I know experience is valid because it is right. But there's something that happens when you're when your focus is to learn this information, like sure, you could read books and learn that stuff outside of, but when I, when you work with people who do this professionally and you get to hear from other people, that shifts your brain too. The whole intention is to allow you to understand and that's how you build empathy, right? When you're able to hear both sides, when you're able to connect, when you're able to do those things, then you can better assist people. So the issue that I often have with, um, and it's not just me, I've heard other people say this as well, who are professionals and do this, when you um, focus on people who are in religious space, sometimes they don't have um, a wide enough scope. And when you don't have a wide enough scope, it's not as easy for you to help or sometimes it can be misleading. Now, with that caveat, again, I think that those places could be super beneficial. I think having um, a faith and centering is is beneficial and all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, so I definitely advocate for it. I just think it's important to be conscious of who, right? Conscious of who conscious of what their intentions are, conscious of what their experience is. So I think if you have a certain level of awareness when you're seeking these people out, that I think that could be helpful. So maybe even talking, like I said, to a pastor, maybe some type of um, other religious group or whatever your spiritual beliefs are, um, relying on that and leaning into that space could be really helpful as well um, to help heal some of the, some of the emotions, some of the feelings, because I, my assumption would be that growing up in a space where you're not close to your family, our families are base, right? Like our families are, they set the tone for so many things. So if that isn't stable, I believe that it will be challenging, of course, to build relationships with other places. Where, have, where else have you seen it, right? We learn how to interact in relationships. We learn how to do those things from our family. So if you've grown up in a space where that has not been intact at all, that that to me is that is absolutely it makes total sense that you would struggle with being able to form those things later. So I think trying to heal some of that stuff internally, because I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, this happened a long time ago, so I'm gonna let it go. Unfortunately, that's not how we work. You know, that, that whole thing of like time heal all heals all wounds kind of thing, I they need to add some caveats to that because while we can still function, while we can still be alive, we can get up and go do jobs or whatever, it does not mean we're healing. Those are two different things. My ability to still live and my ability to heal and my healing process are two totally different things. I can be alive in here or whatever. That doesn't mean that I'm getting better for real. It's like how do you break a bone, but you don't set it right, but it's all crooked. Sure, now the bone isn't what it was, but it hasn't healed properly. I think it's that same kind of thing. Sometimes you need you need that cast or that ability to deal with whatever the hurt is. And then you can really move forward and try to cope with certain things. Because I think sometimes we have this idea that like, oh, and then all of a sudden things go away. They happened a long time ago, so we just forget about it. And that's just not, that's not how we're wired because those those situations teach us things. Those situations teach us it's not safe to be in relationships. Even though we don't say that out of our mouths, subconsciously our body says, oh, these people, when they get close, this hurts me. This doesn't feel good. And I don't know how to interact with it. I don't know how to be in healthy relationships because I've never done it. So I think it's important to really 
understand those things and deal with those things. But in order to do that, I think you have to be around people who really understand that and can really support in that growth and really in that healing and carrying things through. So those are the things that I that I think um, could possibly help. So yeah, like reading books could be beneficial, especially now. Um, there's a lot of people who have like um, social media pages, social media followers. They post all these kinds of amazing beautifully written things. So that um, listening to other podcasts could be great, could be a good way to reflect on yourself and think about things differently. Um, Because I think that's a lot of it anyway, like trying to shift your thoughts, shifting your thoughts and behaviors so that you can have the outcome that you desire, right? Because the way that we're doing things currently, whatever that is, is not providing the right outcome that we want, the desired outcome. So how do we shift ourselves to get to that outcome? What barriers do we have internally that are preventing us from getting to that outcome? So I think we have to figure out ways to deal with that kind of stuff. And then you can figure out, okay, well, I'm not having healthy relationships or good in relationships because of this. And this is something I need to address. And then when you meet people and you're at interacting healthy ways, which we're going to actually talk about later today, um, it's easier for people to give you what you need because you know what you need. Right. So I think that it's important to figure out the whys. So, yes, this thing is happening. Yes, I'm struggling with relationships. Do you want to have different ones? Do you want to have healthier relationships? If the answer is yes, then how do you do that? Right. You have to deal with some of the internal things. And also because a lot of times if we have these kind of relationships with our families, we tend to replicate that over and over and over again, even if we're saying we don't want it. Even if you say you don't want it, sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it until it's too late. Right. Because we haven't dealt with the stuff that we need to heal. So, again, that healing can take place through um, maybe reading some books or some internal healing, um, spending more time alone, processing that way um, through uh, seeking out some other kinds of groups. Um, Maybe people with similar interests could also be very healing and therapeutic, listening to other people's stories, listening to podcasts reaching out to spiritual um, leaders or a spiritual source that feels good for you um, can also assist with that healing. So those would be my things. And I think also potentially if it's safe and you feel like it could be um, helpful and sometimes even communicating with your family and articulating certain things and how they make you feel and like all that kind of stuff. You never know what kind of growth can come from that through having those conversations. Now, I know that's a whole nother can of worms maybe people aren't prepared for, but um, sometimes sometimes you just need one person to be the one, to be the catalyst. Like, okay, we need to have this conversation. Not that it'll always work because some people are set in who they are. And we also have to be um, respectful of that as well and just focus on ourselves. But, you know, in our own healing, because we're only responsible for that, but it doesn't hurt to maybe bring it up and see where things can go. Maybe in like a very small in small ways, like, hey, I feel, um, whatever, I don't feel listened to enough. I don't feel heard. I wish we could connect more and do this. Can we spend more time together because I would really like to see you? Whatever it is to build those relationships um, could be small, incremental ways to kind of heal and deal with some of those things. So the the second question is, do you think relationships um, last longer if they can enjoy the simple things um, at first, like holding hands and going to the movies. I believe that all relationships uh, benefit from having a solid foundation. So yes, the answer to that I think is absolutely. Um, it's important to be able to share time with someone, I believe, and um, be able to build relationships because that's how you build intimacy, right? Through 
sharing things, points of interest, laughing together, having inside jokes, spending time, that kind of stuff. So absolutely, I think you can. And 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 also, the longer those relationships go, the more um, conflicts are bound to come up. So the more of a solid foundation of like shared interest, I think the easier it is to come back to that place versus if you don't have a foundation like that at all, I think it's going to be harder to connect to someone. So if I've had this foundation of like, oh, we're actually like really friends, we're close, we spend time, we have a good time together. I think it's way easier to work through things because you're getting to know that person because it's not just about like just spending time to be wasting time, but it's also to get to know you. It's getting to learn, it's getting to understand your quirks, what things you like and you know, leaning into those things and um, sharing interests and having a good time together. So absolutely, I think that um, having that shared interest and knowing each other like on a real intimate way, um, in a real, it's not one, in um, a real, really intimate way can really benefit relationships. And I think it's pivotal. It's, it's very important to be able to connect, right? And you need to, especially if you're talking about, again, I think it's any kind of relationships because you have to be able to grow together and um, share time. And like, if you're expecting someone to go through um, more challenging, difficult times, I think you need even more good times to rely on. So I think spending time and um, just doing basic things, like you, like it was mentioned, holding hands, um, kissing, or just like being in each other's presence, I think is super important. And um, I, I believe that it is something that gets people through um, relationships in general. So that is my answer to that. These were great questions. So thank you so much. Um, and if you guys have any questions, again, comments, thoughts, whatever the, th- the thing is, even, I don't think I've mentioned this in a while, but if it's something that you would like me to talk about, like bigger picture, like have as a topic, like, hey, I would love to hear your thoughts on this thing as a topic. Um, I'm more than happy to hear that as well. Um, you can send those to uncommonquestion1 at gmail.com. You can send them in our Facebook group to me personally, if you have my number, all of those spaces. So again, thank you for the questions and um, let's go into the topic this week. So this week, the topic I want to talk about like healthy relationships in general. So the questions are very fitting. And um, I've I've seen people say things like green flags. You know, always talk about red flags, things to avoid, but like also green flags. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is because we talk so often about, um, I hear people talk about, oh, I want to be married and be in relationships and we desire relationship. We desire connection so often. But when it comes up, I think that people, um, and maybe it's just our nature to focus on negative sometimes, but I think it heads into such a negative space that we don't talk a lot about what things should we be looking for in relationships? What does that actually feel like? Um, Because I think about myself, I can be totally honest with you guys. I don't know that I've ever really seen a healthy long-term relationship, right? And that that could explain a lot of my own patterns, right? I don't, I've never really seen that up close. I don't know what that looks like for real here, right? I have ideas in my mind. I know what I've seen um, maybe on TV or maybe snippets of other things, but in my actual personal life and like what I interact with and like knowing the ins and outs of things, I don't know that I've ever really seen a healthy relationship or what I deem to be healthy. The ones that I have seen um, have just been abusive, be it physical, mental, both, right? Sexually abusive. Um, Just not very supportive and loving and caring. I don't, I haven't seen it. So my thoughts, right? This is my 
this is how my brain works sometimes. My thought is, if I've never seen it, then I'm sure people close in my proximity have also experienced the same thing. But if we're saying we want to be in relationships, then what are we basing that on? Kind of even going back to the questions, right? And I think that we are getting into a uh, time where people are more conscious of their own things and more willing to be in therapy and um, do the work however they see fit, which is a beautiful thing. But while we're figuring that out, we're still entering into relationships, right? And if we don't know how to be in healthy relationships or what things look for, I think things can become very tricky. So um, this concept of healthy relationships, green flags, all that kind of stuff is, is, is wonderful. And I think that we should highlight why do we want to be in relationships anyway, right? Like, because I, I think about that all the time of like, I desire, you know, I want to be in healthy relationships. I would love to be married again at some point and all of that kind of stuff in, in a healthy way. But I think it's important to recognize like, what it, what does that look like? What does that mean? So one of the things that I um, have, I think I've mentioned before, but if I have not, I'm going to say it again. I am one of those people that I believe manifestation is real. The things that you think, feel, the energy put into certain things come to, they, they just come to you, right? They They become true in your real life. These are things that you will get, the things you put that energy into, be it good or bad. And um, I believe healthy relationships and like the things that we desire as far as that kind of stuff are the exact same thing. I've mentioned to you guys before that um, I've intentionally sat down and prayed and um, meditated on the idea of the kind of relationships I want. And not just romantic ones, but also friendship ones, even though I think this topic will probably lean more towards romantic, but I think this applies to both. And um, in that happening, literally weeks later, people have come back into my life that I was really close friends with, or people I'll reach out to people or people reach out to me. So things are literally coming to me in real time with what I want, even romantic relationships. I'm very, I have been very intentional and I always have been, but I would say my last for real, like situation, whatever you want to call that, that I was in, it was really hard for me to, um, in that, and that the relationship was super toxic. It was just, it was rough. Right. So coming, even coming out of that, I was like, woof, we have to be more clear about what we're saying we want. Right. So I have these, I had, cause I do not, they do not exist anymore, but I had these lists written out, all of these things about things that I desire and look for in a person, right. Things like someone who's compassionate, someone who, um, listens, take time, their the sense of humor, all of this stuff, right. Written all these things down. I, I prayed about it, talked to God and like just sat with it and you know, all of these things. And lo and behold, a month later, this human walks in literally everything on this list right now. Now that I'm saying this to you guys, sheesh, I hope she doesn't. I don't think she listens to this anymore anyway. But even if she does, the truth is the truth. So here we are. But um uh and and it was just very like, wow, this worked immediately. Like this human is here, right? And um I think in these moments, sometimes when when things good come to us, I think our re- our reactions sometimes are like, oh no, no, but this can't this can't be. It's too good to be true. And I think immediately we start doubting things and manifesting the things that we don't want, maybe sometimes even subconsciously or unintentionally. So I was thinking it's important for us to recognize like the difference. And I saw this, it was posted somewhere um, 
a couple of days ago, like we have to learn the difference. And this is not the context that we're saying. We have to learn the difference of like our bodies sending us signals that we need to be like panicked and like worried. Or if this is just unfamiliar, we kind of need to lean into it and know the difference. And a lot of times I believe when we've been in relationships or we've had unhealthy family relationships that you don't really know how to point out and figure out what things are healthy and what things aren't, which again is why I think doing self-work is so important. So you can recognize the difference. So you can recognize what does a healthy relationship look like? What does my body feel like when I'm in a healthy, happy space, right? Is this person listening to me? Is this person validating my feelings and taking me seriously? Is this person respectful? What does respect feel like, right? So I think it's important to pay attention to um, am I panicking in this moment because this person is giving me something I need to be paused about and like this could never be? Or is this my internal thoughts of like um, self-worth and not feeling worthy of these relationships, not thinking this stuff can be real, constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? So I think it's important to pay attention to the fact that like people can be kind to you and not not be trying to get something out of you. People can be kind to you just purely because they are kind, right? And again, this kindness and this um, people being respectful of you doesn't have to be an, a manipulation. But I think sometimes we are raised in families that sometimes unintentionally teach us that that is manipulation, that it can be manipulating for someone to try to do something nice for you because they're going to try to throw it in your face tomorrow. And until we can deal with that stuff, we take those things that are green flags, this person going out of their way to bring you something nice, this person going out of their way to bring you like a care package, whatever, whatever it is, can be can be seen as something negative. And again, this can apply to not just romantic relationships, but also just friendships where people are doing these kinds of things to you, but you have such a wall built because you're trying to protect yourself, which is fair and understandable. But until we can get to a point where we recognize the difference, those walls are going to prevent us from ever really having real relationships. And that wall can be felt even if you're not saying it by the other person, right? So the more that person is feeling this wall, the less likely they are to do things, which then perpetuates your idea of, see, people don't, people aren't consistent. They were just trying to get something from me, right? And I think it's important that we pay attention to those things and know the difference and try to learn the difference, right? That people should be nice to you, <laughs> you know, like people should do nice things for you. You know, and, and that's how, again, it doesn't have to always be that because there are different ways of showing love. Again, love languages, we all have different ones. And we might not all receive that kind of affection and attention the same way. But my point is figuring out what things really work for you. And then once you're getting them, be like, oh, yes, this is nice. Even if that relationship, friendship, whatever does not last long-term, whatever the case may be, even though that's our hope, right? Or at least some of us, not everybody wants to be in a long-term relationship, which I am completely finding out uh, across the board, but not everybody wants that. But if you do, then um, it's important to be pay attention to these things so that you're not sh shutting people out when they're trying to give you the things that you said that you wanted, right? Um, the ability to be open with someone and being vulnerable is really um, high on that list as well um, of a health that that's a healthy relationship In healthy relationships. You should be able to be yourself and like be open and share and not have the worry that if you share your thoughts and feelings with this person, they're going to turn it, turn it against you. Again, I think we can, that can be stemmed from a lot of different places, maybe a past relationship, maybe it was from childhood, maybe it's from whatever, but we have to enter into situations and spaces and 
and realize that people are different. Unless you find yourself continuously attracting and going after the exact same person, then the problem could be you. And that's just the truth, right? That it's not um, always somebody else that we have to also acknowledge our parts and things. That like, if you are continuously going after the same person over and over and over again, that's self-work that has to be done. But um, the idea and the concept of somebody really sitting down and asking you, so how do you feel? You know, what's really going on? How can I support you? What do you need in this moment? All of that stuff is like healthy, good stuff that we should be leaning into. Like, yes, this is a this is a positive thing to desire. This is a positive thing to want in that in healthy relationships. That is what happens, right? They're reciprocal. So this person wants you to be doing well. So of course they should be asking these questions. This person wants to do nice things for you. So of course they should be doing that. And again, those nice things don't have to be financial. Um, or at all. It could be any of the things that make you feel good or that they have the capacity to give and things like that. So I think paying attention to, is this person listening to me, right? Oh, this person is listening. Is this person remembering what you're saying? Is this person like um, taking care of you in a way that feels good to you? I know that we are, so many people are like, oh, I can take care of myself and I'm independent. Shout out to y'all, right? But like, I think the point of being in a relationship is to be able to to have someone there so that you don't have to do all by yourself, right? Like that is, that should be intention that, yes, you are your whole individual person. I don't think we stress that enough that I don't need someone to make me whole, but I do need someone that compliments me, right? Or that that should be the goal, that there's two whole people who are relying on each other, be it like, to fit into the things that I lack. Like maybe one person isn't the most um, outgoing, but somebody else is. And that person can take them along and like assist with them in being outgoing. You know, that kind of stuff. That someone compliments, but not trying to change you, not trying to make you feel like you need to be like them. But it's healthy for people to bring who they are, be able to live in who they are, and being able to be open to hearing what you have to say and like sharing with each other, like that is healthy relationships. That it's not always about that we have to have the same thoughts and same feelings and same, 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 same. Even though I think sameness does have a space, right? And that that is um, relevant to have things in common with this person, of course. But the bigger picture is, in my opinion, that you don't necessarily have to be exactly the same on all points. Maybe some of your deal breakers right? Some of the deal breakers could be very important. If you can't stand smoking, this person is a smoker, that could be a deal breaker. If you um, believe in God and God is like the center of the things that you do and this person doesn't believe in God at all, that stuff can kind of be deal breakers, right? But again, you determine what your own deal breakers are, which is why I was saying in the beginning, figuring out what you want, standing in what you want and going out there and getting it. And when you start getting it to be more um, open to receiving that thing, Right. And I think that kind of attracts more healthy and positive relationships to us so that we can acknowledge when things are like actually good things and we're not constantly in this mode of um, protection. Right. Like, oh, this is always going to be bad. This is, you know, I can't trust this. Why are they being so nice to me? Like, well, shouldn't people be nice to you? Don't you deserve that for people to be nice to you? Like, isn't that something that we should like? Right. And, and I'm not saying that over the top obnoxious. This is kind of weird. Like, I don't know what you're trying to get out of me. Manipulation. Nice. But like someone who's genuinely interested, someone who genuinely shares in your interest, brings up something that you were really excited about in a conversation. All of that stuff is really great and exciting and it should feel good and all of those things. Um, 
I think it's important to have people who have their own, somebody who is their own person, like I said, has their own wholeness. Like they, they're not looking to you and you're not looking to them to fulfill them. Like you don't need to be in a codependent relationship in the, in that like negative obsessive, I am nothing without you kind of way. I think that's how things end up being very tricky and unhealthy long terms. But first is to meet someone who um, has their own interests and they're okay with you having your own. It's a super positive amazing healthy thing right because you can you can still remain your own self you can remain who you are and they can remain who they are y'all can share space together like that's a wonderful thing that's it's a healthy thing to be able to have your own interest and not need for someone's interest to be exactly yours right you're individual people again the point is to enhance each other and again if you have similar interests that's that's beautiful as well you can share in those spaces together but at some point I believe it's healthy in relationships to be able to do things on your own, right? Sometimes we need space. We all need space to do our own things, to have our own relationships and friendships and um, to explore who we are independently, right? You don't have to completely merge and you have no existence outside of this person. I think sometimes I can rebuild resentment and a lot of very unhealthy things. Instead, we're talking about healthy stuff. So the idea of being able to be your own person while still being in a relationship is super important. So someone who has their own interests, um, their own friend groups, all that kind of stuff, super healthy, wonderful things to do. And something I think that should go without saying is like physical safety. Sometimes, um, and I cannot say enough how many times I've heard people tell me like, oh, well, um, it's okay for them to be phys- physically abusive to them sometimes because I should be in line. I have literally heard that myself. Someone told many people, actually, I would say a handful, um, have told me that they felt most loved and cared for if their partner was being physically abusive to them, right? And and again, their story was very similar, I think, to what happened very often. They grew up in households where that's what, what happened. They would get... Um, beatings, spankings, whichever you want to call them, but like it would be intense physical violence towards them. And the person told them, oh, but I, I do this because I love you. Like that was the, the message and they received. And while I think I've heard people say that as well, I think sometimes the intention is like, oh, I'm saying this because I'm trying to protect you. But that's not necessarily how our brains often remember things, right? If, if, if that's all you've ever received, this intense physical violence and you don't know what the softer parts of that physical that of physical touch and, and physical interaction um is like I think it can be very confusing. So having <clears throat> um physical safety is um also a really big green flag. Someone who doesn't want to put their hands on you and like doesn't take their anger out and like throw things around because you're not doing what they want you to do. All of those kinds of things are definitely good things to look for. But I think sometimes when we're used to seeing unhealthy relationships, that stuff can be off-putting. Like, oh, why? This is suspicious. Why is this person not getting really angry and throwing stuff? Right? Now, and I think that saying that out loud, sometimes hearing that can sound like, I told you, people don't want that. But it is a thing. When you grow up in certain places or in certain situations, not places, situations, um, it can be confusing. It can be confusing to you when the people that have loved you, right, or have given you love, however you feel, whatever you want to call that label of love, right? Because I think that's a whole different podcast that we might be able able to discuss because I don't believe that is love. But again, that's for a a different day. But if the people who say they love you have done these things to you physically throughout your life and you've never had someone that didn't, 
your brain feels and you believe at your core to, to some degree, at least to some degree, that that is love. That is how we receive love. So when we get older, sometimes we don't know how to make differences between those two things. So paying attention to this person make you physically safe, you know, and what does physical safety feel like for you? Right. And like, if, like I said, if this person is getting angry and they're not throwing stuff around and you start to feel like, oh, well, that person doesn't love me because they didn't have this intense, angry reaction. That's probably a space for you to kind of deal with that and figure out internally. So how do I try to accept more healthy forms of love? Right. And if somebody is frustrated at me, what should that actually look like? If we're having this intense fight, if we have this blowout, what does it look like to have an altercation with somebody that I love. Because again, the disagreements and and all that kind of stuff is very normal, right? But how do we deal with those disagreements when you really care for somebody? Okay, so I say, I'm I'm upset right now, I'll walk away. Or whatever your language is in the moment. I think sometimes the, um, the instinct can be to stick out the fight like until somebody is whatever. I think people have this idea of winning in a fight, which again, unhealthy. So let's avoid that when we're talking about healthy relationships because it's not about who's winning and who's losing. It's about how does this relationship get to a point where we're um, maybe not even both getting exactly what we need, right? But we come to some type of consensus in a healthy way. We can have these conversations and figure out what would what could possibly work best best for both of us? Even if it's a difference of opinion, how do we get to a point where we're both kind of getting what we need and not one person is just completely not getting anything or whatever? How do we compromise, right? Figuring out how to compromise in a healthy way without it having to be this huge fight because you disagree. You don't have to agree on everything. That's okay. I don't necessarily think you have to disagree about everything or whatever you perceive that to be, but it doesn't have to be a huge fight. And I think being in situations where um, you can have a disagreement and that person isn't completely blowing up and like, okay, I need a minute to figure it out. That's healthy, right? I need some time. I need to process this. I need to figure out some different ways of um, communicating what my needs are to you. Because right now I don't feel like I'm equipped to doing so. All of that stuff, great, beautiful, wonderful, healthy things to be able to um, articulate that you need that space and taking that time and doing that. Um, willingness to grow and explore things with you and not running every single time a fight comes up, I think is also a healthy thing to look for. Because again, I think that sometimes we're in relationships and we have been in relationships or seen relationships that every time something feels unsure or if there's any kind of disagreement whatsoever, then the person's like, oh, it's over. Well, If it's over, every time we get into it about something, there's never going to be a time where you can really build a foundation and really have intimacy and connection because you're constantly worried about this person running uh, running off, right? And we didn't talk about exactly about um, attachment styles that last season, but we will this time, probably not next week, but the week after. And I think knowing your um, attachment style is also important and the key to having um, healthy relationships. A lot of times people have, um, anxious attachments do this kind of thing, like this running. And I think it can happen across the board, maybe not as much in um, healthy attachments. But anyway, when these things do happen and people are running, it doesn't allow for your relationship to be able to flourish because you're constantly worried about this person leaving. Oh, see, I can't say this thing because then they're going to up and leave. 
Oh, I can't say X, Y, and Z because I'm afraid of their reaction. Oh, they can't do this because I remember last time I was in a relationship, this person was like this, and I don't want to lose this person. I just keep it to myself. That's not a healthy way to be in a relationship. Healthy relationships, you should be able to communicate your needs without fear of this person just up and leaving you all the time. If that's happening, I think it's important to have that conversation with your partner. Hey, when you respond this way, it, it triggers something in me that I feel like I can't express myself when you're always going to up and leave. Now, having these conversations can be really tough. And I understand when you want the relationship to work, um, it can be challenging and kind of, not kind of, very anxiety provoking to, to push and have those conversations. But if you're not able to have those conversations, that's a bigger issue, right? Because that, that also tells you something about your relationship that needs to be addressed. And if you're saying you want to be in this healthy, fulfilling relationship, then that takes both people. And you have to decide, like I said from the beginning, what is it that you want? What kind of relationship are you wanting to commit to? That you want a healthy one? Then you have to do things that produce healthy relationships. Healthy relationships, a part of that is having great communication, at least to some degree. And if you don't have that yet, that you can learn it, which is why this willingness to work things out and not just run off is, is, is critical, right? Because you need to be able to be sure that this person is not going to float away every time something happens. So again, I think that's something great to look for. Someone who has the willingness, desire, and abilities to sit in relationships, to sit in discomfort, right? To sit in it and say, this is how I'm actually feeling in figure out whatever the solution is, or this is something that we clearly can't figure out together. Can we get somebody else in here to assist us with this? So I think that um, that willingness is um, really important. Someone who um, makes you feel secure in a relationship, not comparing you to other people, not making you feel small, not telling you, oh, you should do this, or with your body, with your hair, with the way you speak, with any of those things. Um, those things are not healthy. So people who don't do that, people who support you, uplift you, um, give you compliments, all these things. Because you have to remember that we enter these relationships as we are. People can see you, right? Especially physically, whatever. And if you've decided to be in this relationship, um, then you have to take people as they are. And if someone can't do that, that's something to kind of pay attention to. So someone who doesn't make you feel... Um, small or less than our things are wonderful things to look for in relationships too because I think that we can sometimes feel that that critical thing it can be funny or like whatever and a lot of times at least from I can speak from my, I can speak for myself as well on this that doesn't feel good for people to critique you all the time it's not funny it's not cute but I think sometimes people don't know how to communicate healthy things or like um positive things so they try to like dig at you a little bit and it's not, let's do better. Cause that's not cute, right? That's not, that, that's not a pleasant experience for someone that you're trying to have, share intimacy with and be close to, to um, make jabs at you, right? So someone who doesn't do that and, make, and uplifts you and um, doesn't critique all those things about you is also something healthy to look for in a relationship. And um, just something that can be exciting and fulfilling cause you want to spend time with people who make you feel good, right? So I think the intention behind that is making sure that um, people are uplifting you as you are, right? Now, again, we can all make improvements. I don't want people to say, oh, well, we don't have to accept all the things. But it's like, to some degree, I am who I am. And if I, if, if these people, if the person that you're with doesn't fit that, then it's completely fine and healthy to acknowledge that and walk away and say, you know what? 
I thought this will work out for me. It doesn't because this is not what I'm looking for. Whatever the case may be. Yes, that stings. It's not the most pleasant experience to be in, whatever. But it's important um, to then, instead of dragging and tearing somebody else down, to acknowledge who you are and what you want and to stand again. Standing in what you want, guys. Stand in what you want and be okay with that. There's nothing wrong with having expectations or having a desire or whatever. But I think sometimes we need to also look at what what are what exactly are we desiring you know thinking about that all that kind of stuff but that's all personal work that you have to do and you don't have to necessarily um drag your partner into but figuring out what it is that you want and then of course if you choose to share some of those internal things with your partner do that but like we talked about in last episode be conscious and kind be kind and in the way that you speak to them and the things that you say, be aware of what you're saying and how that can make somebody else feel. When, especially if it's about um, pot- potentially not liking something about someone's personality, be careful with saying, like, yeah, I think I would prefer somebody who was two inches taller. What am I supposed to do with that information? <laughs> like, think about that kind of stuff. Like, even if you're having these internal things, like, you should be able to speak freely in relationships, but you have to understand that, like, we have to be tactful. Be tactful in your approach. Yes, talk about what you need to talk about, but think about how is this going to make this person feel? How do I um, also make sure that they're being taken care of and like, but they can also hear me without it being taken personally? So I think that can be a fine um, line to walk. You have to know your person. And sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you say stuff you shouldn't have said, but you have to be ready to take responsibility for that as well. So, yeah, I would say that's another thing. Um, You know, accepting people for who they are and like sharing in that space with them, taking care of each other. Right. And um, being supportive is also are also wonderful things and just paying attention. Right. There's something that is really, really um, altering about someone who pays attention to you. Someone who pays attention to whatever those, whatever your needs are. Again, we all have different degrees and levels to what we want in relationships, what we desire, and what is a healthy relationship to us individually. And I think paying attention to that, to your person's needs and desires is really important. And taking cues from them, right? Like, okay, if this person is telling you this is what I like, not getting so offended, oh, well, you want me to do stuff your way or whatever. Like, the point is, this person knows how they feel loved. And if you're, if you are desiring to be with them and to love them, listen to what makes them feel loved, listen to what makes them feel good and not being so um, taken aback by that. And I think that's another key of like healthy relationships that it's not always this complete defense. Like, oh, you're trying to control me. I'm like, no, I'm just, just trying to tell you what, what I like. And I think that's important to have in healthy relationships. And especially ones that I hear, again, I haven't seen them up close, but from afar, um, that seems to be a thing that comes up consistently that this person, that the couple listen to each other and they try to fulfill what the other person is saying they need instead of like trying to make it about them and what they think the person should need. You know, it's something about that, having that, that um, security and somewhat, I guess, validation as well from your person that it's okay for you to be you and I love you as you and I'm listening to you and I can give you the things that you're asking for that I think just changes things in relationship because you feel love, you feel taken care of, 
right? Because it's healthy to do that. It's healthy to say, oh, I thought maybe you would like this, but I see that you don't. So let me try to alter it because I want to give you the things that you need and desire in a relationship because that's healthy and it's beautiful, right? And like I said, from the top of this, we, we talk so much about dating and wanting to be with someone and all these kinds of things. But I think sometimes we don't know what we're looking for or what to look for. How should this look? What should it look like for people to take care of me? You know, if someone is, and this is a kind of, I don't know, a trivial thing, but I have heard heard about it a lot recently, um, especially with um, women just, you know, wanting to take up space and be more independent, which I totally understand. We know women's history, at least I think that most of us do. And women haven't historically had a lot of room to be right? To have jobs, to occupy certain spaces, to do certain things, to have rights. So the fact that we are in a space where women can do that, I think that sometimes it rubs up against traditional um, chivalry, that kind of thing, opening up doors and things like that. Women are all, I can open my own door, you know? And I think that sometimes things can go left either way and it can feel like this person is um, not um, treating you fairly or something is unhealthy, but be able to be willing to have that conversation, be willing to articulate, Hey, this makes me feel this way when this happens. And then you can hear from the other person, Oh, that's not really what my intention was. I really just like being able to take care of you in this way and like doing things for you. And that it's healthy to have somebody want to take care of you. And I'm not saying in this way that you're like this child that's incapable of doing for yourself, but to have someone that wants to do things for you, wants to buy you a meal, wants to cater to you. Like, yeah, (laughs) why not? Like, that's a healthy, wonderful thing. And that should be reciprocal on both ends, right? It's not that one person should do all of the, oh, I have to take care of your every need because you're incapable, but you should take care of each other and love each other and, you know, do nice things for each other. All that stuff is like healthy, good stuff. And again, paying attention to, um, of course, signs on both ends. If this is feeling unhealthy, you know, really addressing that with yourself. But to not have the assumption that every single time somebody does something nice for you, it's because it's manipulation or it's because this is awful thing. Sometimes it's important to just heal, or oftentimes it's important to just heal the reasons or the stuff at the core of why we respond that way, why we feel that way. How are we? How are these things keeping us from these healthy relationships, and how are we ignoring? these um green flags or healthy relationship signs because we're so fearful that the other shoe is going to drop and it's going to be bad you know how many healthy relationships have you seen you know how many healthy relationships did you grow up around so if if your answer is probably similar to mine where you haven't seen that i think that sometimes our view of relationships are we are in that part together view of relationships can be skewed right it can be very um skewed is like the best word I have. Like sometimes it's hard to to pinpoint or to figure out what things are true and what things aren't. And again, this is not a knock to anybody, myself or anything like that. It's just the reality. So how do we deal with working with what we have and who we are, right? So we try to learn and figure out different ways of managing and things to pay attention to. Because um, again, if we want these relationships, then we should want them in a healthy way. But we also have to understand our parts in that and what what we should be looking for um, and how our internal brain or how our bodies or our minds try to protect us but sometimes we need to tell it okay I get it thank you for trying to protect me but this is not the time we need to do that this time we can lean into because this person is actually good right this person is good for me they're giving me things that I want and really leaning into that and um 
Yeah. And just kind of going with that and letting positive things come from, come to us and letting healthy relationships come to us and not being so fearful of them. Right. Cause there's, that's, that's the point, right. <laughs> to be with people who want to take care of us and love us well. And I understand how scary that can be when you've never really had it or seen it, but is it scarier to interact with something that could be really good for you or to continue to be in this cycle of, oh, I want, I want, I want, I want, but we're not doing anything different. So we have to shift, right? And we have to shift and pay attention to the positive things and feel worthy of the positive things, be open to the positive things, um, and also be nurturing ourselves in these positive ways. You know, showing up for yourself, being clear about your desires and not abandoning those desires because you meet somebody who might fulfill these green flags, but they still, something is still off or whatever. Again, really pay attention to that. Why is it feeling off? What's happening? Am I really getting what I need? Am I shortchanging myself because I think this might be it? You know, paying attention to that stuff because I think sometimes they can be blurry, but sometimes good things are just happening, right? And we have to let those good things happen. Maybe they're not the perfect package or whatever. We thought they would come in, but just being receptive and paying attention to the signals our bodies are showing and, you know, having that contrast with what's actually happening in life and like what messages we're receiving and just paying attention to those things. So that's what I had today, guys. And um, I'm just feeling, you know, just really happy to see that so many people are doing all of this work and that people are desiring to be in healthy spaces. And I just hope that in all of this work that we're doing, we aren't doing ourselves a disservice by assuming um, that everything about relationships and people are negative, right? That we can also take the time to acknowledge that people can also be both, right? And more good than bad or more positive things than negative things, however you want to phrase that, that um, it doesn't have to be all or nothing in that way, that we all have things to work on. We all have ways we can grow. um, And that sometimes we need to be open to understanding both sides and like paying attention to when something could be really good for us instead of trying to shut it down because one thing or one thing or another or being hypervigilant over protecting ourselves, which I understand. Trust me, I do. Um, but yeah, that there's there's good out there, people. There's good people out there and there's healthy relationships for us. So we just have to be paying attention to those signs. So that's what I have for this week. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to me talk about this topic. And if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, whatever, you can always send those to uncommonquestions1 at gmail.com. I will also list, link again, all of the stuff to Amazon, the calendars and um, the journals that I have up for purchase as well. I will link that stuff down below and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.